Welcome to the America's Workforce Radio Podcast, the flagship production of the American Workers Radio and Podcast Network, where organized labor and its never-ending fight to protect the rights of the American worker come first. Now, presented by LIUNA, Laborers International Union of North America, here's your host, Ed Flash Ferens. Big win for operating engineers. They get a neutrality agreement with a casino owner in Las Vegas. Elon Musk, one rich guy who really likes to screw over his employees. And today on the show, the latest from the American Legion and the Alliance for Retired Americans. Welcome to the Friday, December 16th edition of America's Workforce, where we are available on at least six platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, and Stitcher. We have two guests on the show today. Jeff Stouffer will be joining us, longtime supporter of America's Workforce. He serves as the American Legion's Media and Communications Division Director, legion.org is the uh, website you want to go to. And this is the segment we usually preview the next month's edition, which will be the uh, January edition. But first, what we're going to do, give you an update on uh, the task force that we talked about on the show last month. And uh, there was a summit recently in Washington, D.C. to discuss how to connect returning vets into good-paying jobs, good careers. And, you know, there's a lot of programs. I mean, on this show, we've referenced helmets to hard hats, getting vets into the building trades. Well, there's other career opportunities out there, apprenticeship programs, truck driving. And think about this. Employers, for the most part, love to hire veterans for a number of reasons. First of all, you get great training in the military. You're very disciplined. You show up to work on time. I mean, if you don't in the military, there's problems. Those of you who have been in the military listening right now, you know exactly what I'm talking about here. So this has been uh, a movement actually started by the White House months ago. And they said, you know what? We got to do a better job, a much better job of connecting vets to careers. So this is a follow-up. And we'll talk about the advances. One of the big problems is credentialing. You may learn something in the military. Then you come home. And the credentials that you had in the military don't necessarily transfer into the private sector. That's a problem. And they are moving the needle in the right direction on that one. And we'll talk about various industries that are, in fact, taking the lead on that. Now, in the uh, January edition, there's a couple of good stories there. A lot of vets have some troubles reconnecting uh, mental health issues. Well, there's a story here that involves uh, gaming. And apparently, a lot of veterans are building community and strengthening bonds through online gaming. Yeah, there's like a competition going on. It's a pretty cool story. And uh, some of these vets are really, really wrapping their... uh, minds around the games and there are many many games out there that you can play online no doubt about that so uh, that's a nice feature there the other one sadly involves what happened in this country some years ago a lot of japanese moved over to the west coast and this was probably in the late 1800s i mean there was an immigration of all different nationalities into this country in the late 
1800s, early 1900s. Many of the Japanese went over to the West Coast, uh, California, Oregon, Washington State. And this story involves um, Japanese-American veterans. And uh, apparently a highway, a highway in their name that leads to healings. Essentially, the story involves some farmers in Oregon. And um, they were discriminated against. And when Pearl Harbor happened, all hell broke loose. I mean, these people, I mean, they were American citizens, but they weren't treated that way. In fact, a number of them went into internment camps. They didn't want to call them concentration camps. They were internment camps because they didn't trust them. They figured, oh, they're working with the enemy in Tokyo. And apparently... This has been brewing for a long time, and the article is titled The High Road. It's authored by Ken Olson, who does so many good articles for the American Legion. So uh, Jeff will be talking about that as well. Rich Fiesta will be joining us later in the show, longtime contributor on behalf of the uh, Alliance for Retired Americans. RetiredAmericans.org is a website you want to go to if you want to sign up. They have about 4 million strong across the country. Big presence in the uh, Midwest. One of the things we're going to delve into is uh, pension relief. You may recall me talking last week about the announcement from the White House of $36 million in financial relief to prevent benefit cuts for thousands of union workers, primarily the Teamsters. This involved the central state's pension fund, which was almost bankrupt some years back. But uh, good news there. And we'll talk about retirement security. That's a big issue. We have an aging population in this country. And there's a lot of people that, well, you got Social Security. And (laughs) we could do a whole show on that alone, on how ever since that program started, back in the mid-30s, there have been attacks on Social Security. Many conservatives called it a Ponzi scheme. Say, oh, my God, it's going to go bankrupt. We can't fund it anymore. You know, there was a time in America when you put money into Social Security, it stayed in a separate fund. Well, that changed. I'm sure Rich can talk about that. That changed. They put it in the general fund. So these dirty politicians can get their measly little hands on it and say, you know what? This is an entitlement that needs to go. Now, if that ever happened in this country, oh, my God, God forbid that should ever happen because you will see millions of people thrown into poverty, at least 40, at least 40 percent. That's the numbers on that right now. And apparently there is a growing number, and this is according to Rich, a number of Republicans that have signaled a willingness to force the country into default and set off a global economic crisis unless the Democrats and Biden accept changes to programs like Social Security and Medicare. Yeah, Medicare is in the same boat here. So Rich has a lot to talk about as our second guest right here on America's Workforce. What's happening in the world of labor? Well, let's find out this segment on America's Workforce brought to you by Boyd Watterson Asset Management. You can find more at BoydWaterson.com. Well, our friends at the American Federation of Government Employees 
Got some good news from the White House yesterday. The administration supports House passage of H.R. 1948, and that is the VA Employee Fairness Act of 2022, which will expand collective bargaining opportunities for covered federal employees. The White House supports worker organizing, we know that, and empowerment is critical tools to grow the middle class and build an inclusive economy, according to the release. So the Department of Veterans Affairs is responsible for the delivery of safe, effective, and timely patient care for our veterans and dedicated VA employees who work tirelessly to support our veterans' health needs, including combating COVID-19. So the administration is committed to continuing to work with Congress to support hardworking employees while protecting veterans' access to the care and services they have earned through service to the nation. We'll get more on this next uh, week when we check in with, uh, we do this monthly with the American Federation of Government Employees. Again, H.R. 1948, getting White House support. There was a tug of war going on with that for some time, but apparently they seem to have ironed that out. Bally's Corporation has announced that it has entered into a labor neutrality agreement with the International Union of Operating Engineers, the 10th largest union in the AFL-CIO, with approximately 400,000 active members and 123 local unions throughout the United States and Canada. And this concerns its Tropicana Las Vegas property. Pursuant to the agreement, the parties will take a neutral approach to organizing campaigns, which will enable every, every Tropicana Las Vegas employee to make an informed decision regarding their union representation. Boy, is that a big win. Huge win. The chairman of the board at Bally's said, Bally's employees are our most valuable asset, and we have worked hard to ensure that they maintain an unimpeded right to select their representation. We have an established track record of building positive relationships with organized labor and look forward to continuing to foster our relationship with the operating engineers. The organizing director of the operating engineers, this would be Local 501, Jose Soto, said Bally's and our union are aligned in our efforts to advance employee representation locally and on the national level. As a result of the commitment and integrity demonstrated by the CEO and his team, we have developed a strong relationship with Bally's that we are confident and will benefit the company's workforce for many years to come. Boy, it would be nice if uh, more companies did that. Stay neutral. Why interfere? Let the workers do what they want to do. If they want the union, fine. If they don't want the union, okay. Twitter has not paid rent for many of its offices for weeks. And get this, you know who owns Twitter today, Elon Musk. They're looking at denying severance payments to thousands of employees who've been laid off since Mr. Elon Musk took over the social media giant. This according to the New York Times. Musk and his circle of advisors are reportedly still trying to cut costs 
because he paid too much for it, $44 billion. Shortly after the deal closed, Musk laid off about half the company's employees. There was about 7,500 of them. And then a month later, hundreds of others left with their own offers of severance after Musk demanded that only extremely hardcore staffers remain. The Times sums up the article saying the uh, latest details reflect the ongoing chaos as Elon Musk seeks to remake Twitter in his own image and stem financial losses amid critiques that he vastly overpaid for the company. Twitter has already slashed a slew of benefits that are common in Silicon Valley's tech industry, and Mr. Musk has disbanded many of the teams that helped Twitter navigate political and moderation issues and has fired employees who have criticized him. This man is something else. I'll tell you what, he is definitely one to watch. Sadly, too many people in the world that have money can do these kind of things, and most of the times they get away with it. All right, we have to take a quick break. Jeff Stouffer on behalf of the American Legion coming up next. This is America's Workforce. More shows available at awfradio.com. It takes Lyuna to build North America's infrastructure. From roads and bridges to schools and skyscrapers, the men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, build the projects we depend on. From constructing the Freedom Tower on the site of the former World Trade Center to untangling Washington, D.C.'s congested interstate, Lyuna members do the work that matters. Find out what it takes to be built by Lyuna at lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. There is unity and strength for workers. We are the USW. We are the USW. The The United United Steelworkers. The largest industrial union in North America. We represent 850,000 members in In the the US, US, Canada, Canada, and and the the Caribbean. Caribbean. We work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper, oil refining, atomic energy, and the service sector. We are steelworkers. Standing strong and fighting for what's right. Hi, this is Liz Schuler, president of the AFL-CIO, and I am a huge fan of Flash and America's Workforce Radio and Podcast. We're the nurses, firefighters, and claims representatives that help keep our government services running. We respond to natural disasters. We care for our nation's veterans. And we investigate discrimination in the workplace. We are federal and D.C. government workers. And we are proud to serve the American people. Working in more than 70 agencies across the government, we know we can fulfill our mission because our union has our back. Learn more at AFGE.com. Paid for by the American Federation of Government Employees, AFL-CIO. America's Workforce Radio is sponsored in part by the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, District Council 6, representing painters, glazers, drywall finishers, and sign and display industry workers. They remind you that belonging to a union is your right as an American. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast. Maybe not on Twitter, especially after that last story I talked about. But Facebook, not a problem. Big presence on Facebook for America's workforce. And remember this. If you like a show, please share that show. We count uh, all the downloads and our sponsors like that. And uh, we can grow the show that way. We get more sponsors. We get more guests on the show. So thank you for listening to America's Workforce. Everything archived on awfpodcast.com. 
Let's go to Indianapolis right now and join one of our longtime regulars. That would be Jeffrey Stouffer on behalf of the American Legion. Legion.org is their uh, national website. And uh, we'll get to uh, previewing the January edition here. But first and foremost, I want to talk about connecting vets with careers, not just jobs. We want careers. Make a lot of money. Get good benefits. Retirement security. That's what it's all about. That's what we talk about on this show. Jeff Stouffer, welcome back to the show. Last time you and I talked, apparently, we're talking about this task force that the White House pretty much pushed some months ago. And I, I guess we're uh, we're moving in the right direction. Fill us in on what's going on, Jeff. Well, it is. It's the it's task force movement, which was launched last April. And um, what it is is it's a it's I, in all of my years of covering government and veterans' issues, I've never seen such a, a a collection, a diverse collection of the right people at the table to better connect veterans and military personnel who are about to discharge with great with careers that are needed in the economy and it was obviously a the push was to strengthen the supply chain and to close the labor gap as we know you know the trucker truck driving industry is short drivers and mechanics and other personnel and military personnel have so much you know, experience many of them and in, in trained in that area. And now they've opened up another portal in cybersecurity task force movement has. And so this is a, this is a big, uh, it's a surge. And what I'm, what I'm, what we found this week, we were in, in Washington DC for a meeting at the white house, um, Eisenhower office building um, with task force movement called the partner convening. And it really was, I mean, an array of people and leaders in, I mean, I, I made a list and I kind of lost track of my list, of, but we had the Department of Labor, the Department of Transportation, Department of Defense, VA, Homeland Security, Health and Human Services. We had the Teamsters. We had academia, colleges, people representing community colleges and technical schools. And we had veterans groups like the American Legion and hiring our heroes from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce all at this huge table and literally sort of coalescing all of these different programs that industry, agency, nonprofit and everybody. There many, many of these programs to help military and veterans get a leg up on credentialing and licensing have been in existence. But they've never been kind of brought together into one uh, complete package and, 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 and promoted. And it's starting to work. Um, it really is. And they've, they've made a lot of inroads, gotten to know what programs are available through the Department of Labor, through the Department of Defense for active duty, and getting military personnel ready to take that next step after discharge into a great career. And, um, you know, foremost, the first, the first topic was trucking and, um, they, uh, key, key points that came up was veterans need to know about the opportunities. They're unaware of the opportunities and they have misperceptions about careers in trucking. And so this is a, a big, uh, big push is to talk about the value of the, of the job, the, the, obviously the income 
And then the benefits and the bonuses and the apprenticeships that are going on. We heard from one um, industry representative who talked about having processed some 2,000 apprenticeships this year for veterans because what they have done is they have, they've, they've built an equation to transfer their military training hours into creditable hours for their, for their CDLs and their uh, diesel mechanic uh, uh, credentials. So it was, it was quite eye-opening to see all of these different partners at the table, and that term was used over and over, partners, government, agency, nonprofits, industry and primary and very importantly industry to uh talk about what they're doing to attract veterans to these jobs to these careers and um one of the the department of defense assistant secretary for for readiness talked about you know this is a matter of it's not a it's a matter of national security Uh so that you know young 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 people thinking about uh, you know, joining the military can realize that they can gain these skills while in the service and come out with a ready-made career almost the minute they discharge. Mm-hmm. So this you know, is a this is a big, 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 big push for the American Legion, and I think it's very important for the economy. And it's good to know that you're in the middle of it all. That's definitely good. You know, Jeff, I was just thinking here, there's two things going on in America. Well, there's a lot of things going on in America, but there's two things that pertain to what we're talking about right now. You know that uh, there is a worker shortage right now, and and the pandemic had a lot to do with that. There's a lot of people that are raising pay because they can't get workers. The other part of this, and and maybe you could uh, give me some some input on this don't you think because of that shortage that's going on right now many in the industries that that are looking for workers are probably loosening up on some of those requirements you think some of that is going on right now and they're saying this is a great opportunity you know it's always it's always timing you got it i mean and this is the time right now to to move forward with a program like this right yeah, and, and I, I do think that's – well, I don't know if it's a matter of loosening it up, but certainly speeding it up. Um, one of the officials was talking about, you know, uh, agencies that have, you know, apprenticeship requirements and, and that sort of thing. They're cutting the time from what used to be months to get those applications processed and get that stuff done, get all the bureaucratic paperwork done. They're going they've, – they've cut that back from months to weeks to days – so that it's very quick that you can get qualified for these for these programs and for especially in the apprenticeship uh, world. So there's a uh, I, I don't know that they're 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 not reducing necessarily the requirements that I could tell, but I, I know that they are now really starting to acknowledge um, like the some of the things that you learn in the military that are applicable to industry and the military is learning from industry what those military personnel need to know to come out with that with those uh credentials with those that with those training you know mm-hmm. boxes checked so so i don't know that it's a, a loosening but i don't know that for sure but i think it's definitely a uh, an acknowledgement that okay we need to speed this process up 
And we need to recognize that, you know, if you drove, like we've said a million times, if you drove through combat in Afghanistan and Iraq, that you probably have, uh, you've already checked a few box of boxes for, for, <laughs> yeah, really? uh, you know, for, uh, over the road. So, yeah. but anyway, what, what, what the whole, the whole thing about this was, was task force movement has been advancing awareness of these apprenticeships, scholarships, fellowships, financial help, um, to get through some of the schools that you need to do to become, you know, certified in, you know, cybersecurity or trucking cybersecurity being the other major portal that they've opened. And, um, uh, an interesting element of this, I thought that I didn't know when we went to the summit on Wednesday was that a lot of the Afghan refugees who supported American military forces in the global war on terrorism, who have come to the United States and all of a sudden, you know, they, they, they got here now what? And task force movement is connecting them with, um, the, the, the programs and, uh, the, you know, industry, uh, um, uh, requirements to become certified and, and, and licensed in some of these needs in the U S economy. So I think that there's like 87,000 of these, of these, um, Afghan refugees who are in the United States right now who are looking for not just to be here, but to get a job and raise and, support their families and, you know, get a career. Mm-hmm. So it's, so, and we had some of, some of those, um, um, Afghan, former Afghan interpreters at the summit, you know, kind of speaking about their experience with this. So, you know, and, and what we, we know that there's a constellation of programs. What we haven't had is that the, these constellations never really coalesced. And I think that's what task force movement. The biggest part of it is, is, is getting them all put together and kind of playing off the same sheet music. I like that. So what's the next step right now? This happened a couple of days ago. Do they have another meeting planned? What's what's the agenda here? The next thing that's going to come out is in April, there will be kind of a big report um, on task force movements, you know, basically first year, what they were able to accomplish, who they were able to put together. And what we're going to do in the American Legion magazine is we're going to package up a a three-part series this year on um, on the, the this very point is is noting giving not giving acknowledging all of these programs from do do um, the skill bridge to uh, mill gears to uh, industry programs that are that are recognizing military uh, training hours as creditable hours for certifications and diesel training, diesel training, um, uh, mechanic training, that sort of thing. So that we have one place where it all kind of lives on a, on a, in a, in a, a statement that report is coming out from task force movement in April. And I think that's about when we'll start to kick off our series and we'll be visiting meeting with, um, veteran drivers, mechanics, hazardous material ha- handlers, and, um, and some of these Afghan refugees about, about what it means to have the, op- not just be here, but have the opportunity to succeed. Jeff Stouffer on our live line today on behalf of the American Legion, legion.org for complete updates. We'll talk about the, uh, the upcoming issue next. Later in the show, we'll be checking in with uh, Rich Fiesta on behalf 
of the Alliance for Retired Americans. Back in a few minutes. This is America's Workforce. It takes Lyuna to power North America with affordable energy. The men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, have the skills needed to build and maintain oil, natural gas, nuclear, solar, and wind projects that are shaping America's energy future. From new energy tech to retrofitted facilities, Lyuna members do it all. Find out what it takes to be powered by Lyuna at Lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A.org. Hire union musicians. Call Music Talent of Cleveland at 216-881-1802. Call Music Talent of Cleveland as your dependable source for professional musicians in Northeast Ohio. Union musicians add harmony to weddings, elegance to parties, and uplifting music for all events. Music Talent of Cleveland contracts solo and ensemble musicians as well as bands and orchestras for single engagements. So hire union musicians. Call Music Talent of Cleveland today. 216-881-1802. Hello from the Communication Workers of America, District 4. We are a labor union representing a vast array of workers in different industries, including the Association of Flight Attendants, Telecommunications, CWA Passenger Services, Public Health Care, and Education Workers, the IUE. CWA Industrial Division, the National Association of Broadcast Employees, the CWA News Guild, not to mention our growing digital sector, and many others. If you're interested in organizing your work group or learning more about what it means to be CWA strong, visit our website at www.cwad4.org. That's cwad4.org. Now, back to Ed Flash Ferrens with America's Workforce. And remember, you can check us out on at least six platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, and Stitcher. And when you get an opportunity, just do this. Sign up and receive our shows on a regular basis and give us a rating. We always appreciate those five-star ratings, and we're getting a lot of them. So thank you, thank you, thank you. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the United Labor Agency. You can find more at ulagency.org. Let's go back to uh, Indianapolis right now. Rejoin Jeff Stouffer on behalf of the American Legion, American Legion magazine, which should be coming out shortly if you are a member. A couple stories you want to preview here. Let's start off with this uh, gaming online. I guess a lot of vets are really getting involved in this. Jeff, what's going on here? It's a phenomenon. Um, no question about it. Um, there's a, 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 a group, it's a, it's a company and, uh, and basically an association called Regiment Gaming that we have, the American Legion has been working with since 2021, that is an online gaming community. And that started out, this uh, Marine, Chris Earl, was still in service when he kind of like put together a loose-knit little uh, online um, video game club and they, you know, they connect through, they play each other and they, no matter where they are, you can do it on a computer. And lo and behold, it gradually gains snowball effect, gradually grows, it gets active duty military, families and veterans. Now they've got over 20,000 members nationwide. And they were, Regiment Gaming was at our national convention 
in August in Milwaukee, and they set up gaming consoles, and they had a lot of the veterans all ages in there playing and learning about uh, gaming, and then they gave away a video, a special video gaming console as a prize, and it went to a West Virginia Post, and it, it was won by a West Virginia Post, and they went in and they installed it. And uh, people are seeing gaming consoles. If you set up American Legion posts, which have their own identity, but if you were able to set up in the post and promote it, the concept that you can come in, play and, and play a game with all of your friends, whoever, wherever they might be around the world, and you can kind of set up, it's a magnet for the post 9-11 generation veterans. And it's really working. They have, I mean, they're veterans of all, of all ages are doing it, but primarily younger. And um, it has really taken off. Um, It's like back in the day, you know, it might've been that the socializing in different ways was what the American Mm -hmm. Legion post was about. Now they're not, you know, the traditional stereotype of all these guys are sitting around drinking beer and, and talking about war, their war stories. This generation is sitting around a gaming console and competing against one another and communicating that way. And it's not just a fun, you know, uh, exercise in recreation. Some of the veterans we've talked to that Steve Brooks interviewed in this story um, have said it was a lifesaver because they got out of the service and all of a sudden their network was gone and they were all alone and gaming created a community through the computer, especially during COVID, you know, where they could actually, you know, connect, communicate, get to know one another. Last summer, not this summer, but uh, 2021, they had a big barbecue in Cincinnati, Um, Regiment Gaming and the American Legion, where everybody, where some of these gamers, many of them, hundreds of them, came and kind of got to meet each other for the first time instead of as competitors on a video screen. But at the end of the day, what they've done is they've created a network of friends who cannot just don't, don't just play call of duty necessarily, but get to know one another, help one another. It's camaraderie and whatever they can, whatever they can do to help one another. So we're really pushing the concept of getting our American Legion posts to work with regiment gaming to set up uh, a gaming uh, console in their posts so that younger veterans will come in and find their place and do this and and there are really some serious therapeutic benefits to it again that story is titled game on veterans build community strength and bonds through online gaming which is exploding in america today and the good news too about the gaming industry a lot of that is being unionized right now thanks to the uh, communication workers of america we've been on that story for the last couple of months All right, Jeff, let's uh, turn to another story, and uh, this is about America's dark past. It's titled The High Road and involves Japanese-American veterans who uh, many of them ended up in – they didn't want to call them concentration camps. They called them internment camps. This was especially right after uh, Pearl Harbor. And uh, sadly, I guess they're trying to correct those wrongs. Can you tell us what's going on here, Jeff? Well, um, this this story kind of came to an apex last fall with the establishment of a highway and named uh, that was that is named in honor of Japanese American veterans from Oregon who uh, 
served in the U.S. Armed Forces while a lot of their families were held in these internment camps. A lot of them were in in, um, intelligence services. They were interpreters. They were um, they were combat uh, veterans. The time um, that their families were being held here, the they were they were serving in World War II. You go back to the early part of the century, and all, a lot of those, as you said, the Japanese immigrants were recruited into Southern Oregon to clear the forests to plant orchards. And a lot of those um, orchards and, and farms. Uh, they they purchased and they owned they owned these farms and they were a lot of them were literally kicked off of their farms and lost their businesses and they were sent to these relocation camps or these internment camps relocation centers at Tudley Lake Oregon where I've been before and seen some of the buildings that still stand but the the whole thing kind of has been uh, it's uh, the history of it had been kind of like lost about about what happened with those with those who actually served in World War II with the Americans? Mm-hmm. And there was this author, um, Linda Tamura, who wrote a book called Nisai Soldiers Break Their Silence, Coming Home to Hood River. And finally, the story became known a li- more and more. What had happened was those World War II veterans had come back to Hood River, Oregon, and their names were the the ones who'd served. Their names were were erased from the World War II honor roll and from monuments and memorials. They were not included. They were not acknowledged for their World War II service. That was by resolution of that local post, and they said we're not going to recognize these Japanese um, American veterans. And even at the time, the American Legion National Headquarters condemned that and called for a change. They finally got the names back into the role, but it was never publicly recognized. And the the people who were affected, kind of the people who went unrecognized, the Japanese-American veterans, they just kind of like went back to work on the farms and the orchards and forgot about it and didn't really talk about it. I think one of the one of the family members says, "What do you want to start World War III? There was that much kind of built-in discrimination, bias, prejudice at that time, and for many years. And in recent years, this as the story has kind of emerged, bubbled up again through oral histories and and interviews by this author. Um, the Legion in Oregon set out to right that wrong and to get that get those." Japanese American veterans uh, remembered, recognized, and honored. And last fall, they did so by dedicating this highway. And Ken's story tells the whole the whole story of how you know this kind of prejudice existed, what it meant to those families, the the hatred that they that they faced, and the and the years that went by, and gradually and gradually things started to change. Now, the American Legion of Oregon and the state legislature, which had to approve the the naming of the highway, the Memorial Highway in Oregon, um, certainly agreed that that was a right that needed, or a wrong that needed to be righted, and did so. And so finally, they've gotten their, their recognition and it was a, uh, you know, it's just, it's kind of sad that a lot you know, hardly any of the World War II veterans are still with us, but a couple, but very few. 
a lot of the kids of the World War II veterans were uh, now older adults um, were very pleased to see that this was finally understood. But that is a dark piece of history in America. Those, even those Japanese Americans who had businesses all along the West Coast had lives, jobs, careers, families were uprooted, went to go live in the internment camps, and some of them went into the U.S. military and served with our with our troops in winning World War II. So yeah. it, that's it's a it's it, you know it, it, it finally you know it, I think the, the 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 veterans the families of the veterans said that means that the American Legion, which was at the local level pretty culpable in this problem, um, has has made amends and is is making amends and trying to you know look at look at history in a different way and i think it's i think it's uh i think it's really it it was when they when they didn't allow or didn't recognize those world war ii veterans from japan on their honor roll or in their memorials it actually made national news and the post in in oregon post 22 was actually um you know criticized nationally for not recognizing them even in the late 40s so it was it was it was even seen as prejudice and, and wrong back then, but it's taken all these years since then, more than seventy years, to get this uh, uh, recognition for those who did serve and, um, and and were part of the victory in World War II. And so, the story is the high road. Finally, we're on the high road um, of this piece of history because it, it was certainly the low road back then. Took us 70 years to get to the high road, but it's finally happened. Amazing story. Once again, Ken Olson outdid himself on this one. Well, Mr. Stouffer, we will leave it on that note. Jeff Stouffer handles all media and communications for the American Legion and the American Legion magazine, legion.org, for complete updates. You take care, my friend. Best of the holiday to you and uh, your whole family. We'll talk in January. Okay, my brother? All right. We'll talk next year, sir. Thank you. That's right. Next year. All right. Quick break. Rich Fiesta on behalf of the Alliance for Retired Americans coming up next. You're listening to America's Workforce with Ed Flash Ferrans. It takes Layuna to keep America running. Over 70,000 public employees are part of Layuna, the Laborers International Union of North America delivering critical services such as health care and emergency response, as well as maintaining roads and sanitation systems. Even the National Postal Mail Handlers Union, representing over 47,000 U.S. postal workers, is affiliated with LIUNA. Find out what it takes for LIUNA to keep America running at LIUNA.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot This segment of America's Workforce is brought to you by Survey and Ballot Systems. SBS has been providing unions with secure and flexible election options for over 30 years. Visit surveyandballotsystems.com to learn more. Buildings, bridges, skyscrapers, and more. Structures that are the face of our cities and towns were built by members of the Iron Workers Union. That's why it's important that our workforce of over 130,000 iron workers continues to be the safest and best trained in the field. With 154 training centers, we invest over $90 million annually in safety and training. We're growing the next generation of union iron workers. 
There are so many reasons to put your trust in our ironworkers and their employers. Learn more about us at ironworkers.org. America's Workforce is sponsored in part by Boyd Watterson Asset Management, LLC. Find out more about our investment solutions tailored to meet the needs of Taft-Hartley funds at BoydWaterson.com. The United Auto Workers are one of the largest and most diverse unions in North America, with members in virtually every sector of the economy. Learn more about this proud sponsor of our program at UAW.org. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast. Let's go to Washington, D.C. right now. Join one of our longtime regulars. Does a great job here on America's Workforce. That would be Rich Fiesta on behalf of the Alliance for Retired Americans. National organization, 4 million plus members. RetiredAmericans.org. And uh, you could follow them on Twitter at Active Retirees. Active Retirees. Rich Fiesta, welcome back to the show. I got some good news last week. We talked about it on the show, and that is retirement security for many Teamsters that could have seen, what is it, like a 60% haircut on their pensions? Isn't that the case? Uh, yes, and it was thanks to the American the America Rescue Plan that was passed in early 2021 that provided help for um, multi-employer pension plans, the largest of which is the Teamsters Central States Fund. And uh, now uh, several hundred thousand um, retirees and their surviving spouses aren't going to get a drastic pension cut that they had worked so much in for those pensions during their lives uh, and through no fault of their own uh, now are going to be made whole and will continue to be made whole. Mm-hmm. So why don't you explain what happened here? Because that rescue plan, that was the first piece of legislation that came out of the Biden administration, and it included, I believe, like close to $90 billion for uh, the multi-employer plans, many in the building trades and you know, the Teamsters. I mean, there's just a lot of people that saw a possible haircut on their pensions. Why did it take so long? Is this just the... The government red tape that uh, that was at work here. What's the story? Well, it goes back a number of years. Uh, we at the alliance and um, other groups, uh, a lot of organized pension recipients, had been advocating for ten years that private pensions are insured up to a point by a government agency called the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, and for multi-employer pension plans like what the central states fund is, there was not enough money in the insurance fund to help plans that could not meet their obligations. And we had known this for a long time, and the central states fund in particular was going to deplete the entire um, insurance fund. Number of reasons for that. Uh, fewer employers participating in the funds, um, so money was not coming in for pensions. Uh, the government, for a number of years, uh, through actions at the Fed, had kept interest rates artificially low, so that um, 
the investments in the funds or other funds could not make uh, what had been a standard interest rate for a number of years to grow. So all of this resulted in, as you mentioned, a little over $90 billion in help for the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation's insurance fund to help distress plans, the largest of which is the uh, Teamster Central States Fund. So now, um, since the money was there, the law was passed, it and a number of other funds uh, that were in some financial stress uh, are going to be made whole. But it was a 10-plus year struggle to get President Biden and the Congress last year uh, to have both a president and a Congress knowing the problem, having a great senator in Ohio, for example, Sherrod Brown, leading leading the legislation named for Butch Lewis, who was a retired Teamster, uh, to pass this legislation. And it's my understanding that these uh, pension funds will be solvent for about 30 more years. It looks like uh, I saw a date of 2051. So that's certainly good news and comforting news, especially Right before the holidays here. That's really good stuff. It's my understanding you uh, you at the Alliance worked pretty hard with uh, with Liz Schuler and her team at the AFL-CIO on this. Is that right? That's, uh, that's right. Uh, uh, former President uh, Rich Trump has started a task force on this issue that then Secretary Treasurer, now AFL-CIO President Liz Schuler, had headed along with um, – the uh, presidents of the Smart Union and UFCW and a number of other uh, labor leaders. Our president, uh, Robert Roach, was on the task force as well, and we um, worked for nearly two years on it as well. Then came the 2020 election with President Biden, and then shortly thereafter, in March of 2021, uh, the law was passed. So um, we were hard at work nationwide doing our grassroots alliance for retired americans work as we do yeah a lot of groundwork but when you get the right guy in the white house things just move a whole lot better (laughs) a whole lot better all right let's uh let's take a look at uh social security and medicare here and you've got to be kind of uh a bit concerned especially with this new congress coming in in january where it's going to go well the house is going to go to the republicans the Senate will remain the same, even though Kirsten Cinema decided to go independent. So uh, how do we look here going into the new year? Because, you know, there's those bozos in Congress that say Social Security is an entitlement. We got to chop it down. We can't afford it. So what's your take on that, Rich? Yeah, we thought we uh, slayed this dragon after the 2004 election when then-President George W. Bush said he was going to use all his political capital in 2005 and 2006 to basically cut and privatize Social Security. And retirees at the Alliance for Retired Americans and all of us and the labor movement went to work to stop that, and it so backfired and blew up in his face that it was one of the main, if not the main reason, that led to a Democratic Congress and Speaker Pelosi in the House and Harry Reid as Majority Leader in the Senate in 2006. So it looks like some folks have forgotten history because now we already have leaders who are going to run the budget committees and key committees in the Congress saying that once they take control, then they're going to hold raising the debt ceiling, which is a relatively routine thing, which 
gives the full faith and credit behind all of our uh, bonds, uh, they're going to hold all of that hostage until we have cuts to Social Security and Medicare. And this could happen, you know, the first three to five months of 2023. So we are on high alert flash uh, that it's real and it could be coming soon. So they would be more willing to wreck the economy just to get their way and cut Social Security. Is that what I'm hearing here, Rich? Uh, in a very clear sentence, yes. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, when we're talking about Social Security, uh, you and I talked about the, the boost that's going to happen. And uh, I believe, what is it, like 8.7%? That should be reflected in the checks in January, right? That's right. It's, you know, the COLA is, for Social Security is done by a formula. There's no politics involved with it, no matter who's in the White House or who runs Congress. And we've had high inflation. Uh, good news is the November reports show it's uh, coming down. But nonetheless, for this last year, uh, inflation was high. So the Social Security and veterans uh, benefits will go up. 8.7% uh, in January. And uh, for federal retirees, uh, it's always 1% less. That'll be 7.7%. Um, hopefully, we won't have the inflation but for next year. But nonetheless, this gives uh, needed help to seniors who have been hit more by inflation because of fuel costs and food costs in particular than any other age group. Well, Rich, one bright spot is uh, gasoline prices. I don't know what they are in Washington, but I was driving around uh, northeastern Ohio yesterday, and I saw one posted for $2.49 a gallon. Far cry from what it was just like a month, month and a half ago, right before the election, which which is kind of eerie. Don't you think it's kind of weird that, you know, when the midterms were happening, gas prices were really high, all of a sudden it dropped? What, what, what's going on there, Rich, in your opinion? <laughs> yeah, prices are down for a gallon of gas, clearly well below where they were uh, a, a year ago. Um, some of it was supply chain, but you know, let's face it, the oil and gas industry is no friend of the Biden administration. Nope. Uh, so we have had some rapid uh, decline over the last three to four weeks, which is terrific. Um, but as you pointed out in the run-up to the midterms, uh, they were high and they were steady at those high prices. Just an interesting story. Maybe some journalists might want to look into that one. All right. Rich Fiesta joining us on our live line today, retiredamericans.org. You, uh, you take care. Stay safe. Have a great holiday, and we'll talk to you in the new year. Okay, brother? Same to you, Flash. Happy holidays, and looking forward to speaking with you again. And that'll be it for another edition of America's Workforce. Coming up on Monday, we'll check in with our brothers at Lyuna. That would be a local 955, and the Iron Workers at 492. Until then, all of you have a safe and wonderful weekend. That concludes another episode of the America's Workforce Radio Podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. America's Workforce is a production of Labor Tools and BMA Media Group. Find out more information online at labortools.com.